Welcome to the Straight to the Point podcast. Hi, my name is Bo Crable. I am an Amazon seller investor, and I've been lucky enough to be mentored by several millionaire business icons at a very young age, and I took action on their advice. This podcast is all about providing you with the right knowledge to succeed in the online retail business and grow your personal wealth to your maximized potential. Let's get right into it. Why don't suppliers sell on Amazon? That's a very good question, and I actually get this quite a bit saying, okay, well, if I'm buying this product, this pillow at $10, why doesn't my supplier just sell on Amazon and make more money? It's a very valid question. And in this podcast episode, I want to break down the myth on buying direct from the source is more profitable because that's not always true. And why suppliers have no intentions to getting on Amazon and it makes no sense for them to do so. I actually got a YouTube comment from a supplier on my on my YouTube channel and they said, and they actually asked, they literally said, why Spar does not like to sell on Amazon or eBay? And they are a manufacturer themselves, but they also retail on Amazon and eBay. I found this a very interesting comment. And I have a couple other stories to share with you about this. So this person said, why Spar does not like to sell on Amazon? I'm the wholesale supplier of luxury hair products since 2008. So I guess they uh, luxury hair products in Van Nuys, California. Uh, I've been retailing my own supplies via eBay and Amazon for a few years successfully. However, it's extremely hard to control retailing plus wholesaling. Uh, retailing required for me to be inside US most times to handle the returns and reshipments and distributions and etc. As Amazon does not handle these work for you, well, it sounds like he uh, does not uh, use FBA. Let's see. Distributions. I mean, Amazon can really handle a lot of that and you can get third parties too. It simply does not return the stock back to you. Actually, you can get Amazon too. So it sounds like uh, this person needs to watch more YouTube videos. Anyway, then uh, he or she says, as a wholesaler, I must be most of the times overseas in my manufacturing site, hiring the staff, controlling the product quality, looking for hair products, cutting and collecting nonstop more hair products, etc. I must physically be there overseas myself in order to keep 100% control of the supplies. So it was extremely hard for to control retail, Amazon, and eBay. However, we are always open to those who are looking for great hair products to sell uh, retail via Amazon and eBay. So if you're looking for a wholesale supplier, uh, then we are here for retailers and distributors. So literally, a random person on my YouTube channel saying, hey, uh, Bo, you're right. It is a hassle as a retailer for me to go sell on Amazon as well. And hey, anyone want to help us out? So this is a unique time in history. No, I just shared a couple of new strategies um, into my program, everything like that. And I know a lot of people are going to be really eating it up. But there's a lot of physical retail stores. There's a lot of, you know, manufacturers. A lot of people like this person right here who are doing everything themselves that they just heard, you know, this Amazon eBay thing may not be so much work, so let me just do it myself. There's a lot of small companies that could be huge, that could be big, but they're not taking advantage of the internet. Because just like this person said right now, one doesn't even make for sense for them to do so because they need to be operating their procedures overseas. Now, not every single brand's overseas, but let's think about this. Hasbro manufactures their stuff in China. Is it going to be a waste of their time from retailing and when they need to be focusing on manufacturing the goods? Um, a really good example for this, I actually have these numbers up right now on all these companies who just spend a, you know, a lot of money on advertising. Procter & Gamble. $4.39 billion on advertisements. Uh, Procter & Gamble owns 60 household and personal care brands such as Charmin, Crest, Dawn, Downey, Febreze, Gillette, Pampers, and Tide. 
I have sold, let's see, I've sold Downey Dawn. I have not sold Febreze, actually. I've sold Gillette. I've sold Pampers. I've sold Tide. I've sold Toy Paper, but not Charmin. So almost all of those brands I just made. Um, it says P&G spends in both digital print and broadcasting advertisement. They decreased their uh, digital budget by $200 million compared to last year. So <laughs> they're spending $4.4 billion. Insane amount. Um, who else? Let's see. We got I mean, Amazon themselves so doing a lot. Um, Ford. Let's see. We got Samsung. Samsung selling or advertising $2.41 billion. All right. So why is this so important? Well, these brands, you know, they make a lot of money. So Samsung, why is their focus on, because with $2.4 billion, they could go set up their own retail stores. They could go sell directly to consumer. They could do so much. You know, they, maybe with that advertising budget, $2.41 million, maybe they take half of that and they go spend $1.2 billion on advertising the $1.2 on like getting in retail. They'd rather spend all of it on advertising. You want to know why? Because them advertising, them marketing, them focusing on a better product is what makes the most amount of money. Them focusing on creating up new products, creating a better quality of the products, and making a demand for it is what makes the most amount of money. If they spend any money on their resources on selling direct-to-consumer customer service, it then creates an issue. They would rather have Best Buy. They'd rather have Bo Crable. They'd rather have eBay sellers, Amazon sellers handle the customer service. In exchange... They just take the cash up front, which is going to lead to kind of the true, the main reason why Spars don't sell on Amazon. It's cash flow. Now, I'm not saying they don't have money. I'm saying that it makes more sense for them to take a certain profit up front. And then they can take that cash flow and make their product better. Now, me, who I don't want to be a brand owner because, you know, Samsung's a huge brand. Procter & Gamble, they're a huge brand. You know, Crest is big. Um, Hasbro, Mattel, all those brands are big. And, you know, being the owner of one of those brands would be amazing, right? Um, it would be a dream to be one of those huge brands. Right? People are going to make a bunch of money. But that's not what I want to do because the odds of me creating the next Hasbro, Mattel, Samsung, Sony, PlayStation, Xbox is so, so low. Now, nothing's impossible, but the odds of you creating the next big brand is very low. Um, and if you can, you know, great for you. You might not be listening to this podcast episode. However, me, who is, I'm in the business model of not creating up my own brand and I'm selling other people's brands, it makes me feel pretty good that I know that Samsung, I see that they're spending $2.4 billion on ads. I see Procter & Gamble spending $4.4 billion. Hasbro spending a quarter of a billion. I see all that and it makes me feel pretty good because I know that they're going to be in business in five years from now. 10 years from now, if they have that much money to run on ads, they're going to be in demand for such a long time. So for me, let's say I'm selling a really profitable product right now, um, and then the brand goes down. I don't care. There's 3,000, 300,000. There's so many different brands out there that I can go utilize and go sell. And then, so that's why the brand owners, they want to focus on staying in business because yes, they have higher profit margins, but their main concern is is not being in demand. My main concern is is having the right products to go sell and make profit on them. I'm not worried about the demand. The brands go create that. So it's a very symbiotic relationship where the brand does not have to focus on creating the demand, creating a good product, making sure consumers are getting the right thing, and making sure they're staying at a profit, making sure that 
they're handling the distribution, making sure that they're handling the warehousing, making sure they're handling the shipping and the packaging and all that stuff. They can just focus on, I mean, they focus on a lot of things, but if they can focus on advertising, creating demand, research development, like for example, Hasbro spends about $250 million a year on research and development. Let's actually look up some other uh, brands right now. Let's go, um, while on the topic, let's go PlayStation. They're a pretty big brand. Uh, R and D costs, or I guess budget, best way to put it. So let's look at this on my computer right now. So let's see. That's uh, Sony will spend almost $9 billion on R&D during the next three years. So they're looking about $3 billion a year on research and development. That is crazy. So that makes me pretty good about that. So anyway, why don't suppliers sell? Here's actually another really good example. So I had a supplier of mine. Um, I've actually shared the story quite a bit, and it's kind of a prime story that I tell. Is that a supplier of mine that had 2,000 uh, lightsabers. And these lightsabers, if he wanted to go sell them on Amazon, I calculated it took him about six months to go sell out. So he had a choice. He could go sell them on Amazon, take six months to sell out. But what he did instead is he sold 1,500 of them to two brick-and-mortar stores, uh, Ross Dress for Less and Macy's. The other 500 sold to me at Amazon seller, which I sold on a couple months. I'm assuming the brick and mortar store sold out. Uh, here's another good example. I was looking to go sell, and actually I'm working direct with the manufacturer on these right now. Um, I cannot say the brand of them, but they are, they're, they're not a big brand. Um, they're definitely growing. They're awesome what they do. They're really, it's a very commodity type of product that they have. So it's a very commodity type of product. And their their main business, their main focus is having sales reps go sell their products. So they're very sales heavy force team where they just have a lot of sales reps and things like that that are selling their products. So I work directly with one of their sales reps um, in the Amazon division. There's only actually two other Amazon sellers besides me. We have contracts and all this other stuff in place. Anyway, the reason why it works with us so well is because their business is cutting their costs as low as possible keeping their expenses really low with employees. So that's why they're sales reps only and just selling as much products as they can because they're such they're in a commodity type of product where they have a brand behind it, but it's very unique and not many of the people are online with it. So they're like, okay, well, we can kind of make up any margin that we want to. So let's just get to the point where Amazon sellers, where e-commerce sellers are making the most amount of money because if they can make the most amount of money, they're going to because they just they understand even so even if like you own a brand and you're a pretty decent sized brand and you want to grow the next level it kind of doesn't really make too much sense to not utilize other retailers so like with this brand that I'm working with right now they understand how the al- Amazon algorithm works they actually used to be on Amazon themselves but they realized that they just wanted for the price to get lower lower and lower because they know they can sell faster on Amazon so they're like okay we're just going to make sure that these Amazon sellers these three people including me are going to make a profit so then we can flush out the most amount of units as possible because they're in such a commodity product where it's so cheap and it's like it's almost like water that they're pretty much selling it's i can't say the exact product because um, i don't want people to harass them but imagine you have like a, this actually works exactly for water so if you actually want to go buy water at wholesale there's like distributors throughout your entire um country so and that's one point why, you know, that's a big reason why simply suppliers don't want to sell on Amazon because it doesn't make sense for them to go focus on it. Uh, another reason is cash flow. And the next thing I want to talk about is really the economics behind it. So Bill Gates, 
you know, he has been one of the richest people on the planet for such a long time now. He talks about this in his book, Business at the Speed of Thought, about the distribution channel and why a middleman is so, so important um, for Microsoft. He realized that they wanted to go directly from a manufacturing Microsoft brand to consumer. And then he just realized that, you know, these sub-distributors, these distributors, these middlemen have connections to other stores that, you know, Microsoft, they could go sell directly to all these consumers however the way they want to. They could go sell to the retail stores. But no, there's these distributors that are also not carrying just Microsoft. They're carrying other electronics. They're carrying Apple. They're carrying, you know, Samsung, Sony, whatever it is. So now they have connections to the retail stores. They have the connection, which back then there wasn't Amazon sellers, but now it's, you know, today Amazon sellers, e-commerce, eBay, retail. In a click of a button, they can just, you know, not make as much money, but get a big cash flow coming up. And now they're in 2,000 stores. And I have a buddy of mine who um, they're actually selling their supplement brand right now for $25 million. They're purely only on um, Amazon. Now, technically, they're the manufacturer themselves but they never wanted to get into retail. They're like, how oh, we can make, like GNC was wanting to sell their stuff. So GNC, you know, all these supplement like storefronts wanted to sell their stuff, but they didn't want to do it because they realized, oh my gosh, this is a whole another business and it's going to affect what we're doing on Amazon. So really the last point is the economical thing behind it, is that suppliers and what kind of Bill Gates really referenced this here is that they can help drive the cost lower. It may make no sense to you that like, okay, how can they drive the cost lower? Which makes a lot of sense because let's say, you know, this is what happened to Microsoft. They were to go get their products in so many more stores and GameStop and Best Buy and all these stores right away because they had the right suppliers and connections. So now Microsoft can go manufacture. And again, I don't know the exact details on how this happened, but now they can go manufacture 100,000 or 100x more products, more units. So now they can go back to their manufacturing plant and say, hey, we need to go make a hundred thousand or hundred times more of these SKUs. Can we get the cost lower? So now the cost of goods is lower. There's more people making more money. People are more happier. The cost of inventory goes lower. So now it gets to the point where the distributor is able to go buy directly from the manufacturer because they're buying in massive quantities cheaper than what you would go buy directly from the manufacturer. Good example for this is I actually was um I shared a podcast episode or I made a podcast episode and maybe out may not be out right now and I talked about how how to turn your expenses into profits and something I've done that with is actually uh, the local water company I was buying uh, water from and I was able to sell these water bottles on Amazon and they told me that if I were to go buy directly from their manufacturer it cost me about fifty dollars for these um like the packs I was buying like twelve packs and these it was like liters is anyway it was a lot. Uh, a lot of water. They're like, yeah, if you want to go buy directly from the manufacturer, it's going to cost you $50. For us, it's 22 And they're like, here, here's the number. You can go contact them. I'm like, wow, they're reiterating exactly everything that I preach. Um, so anyway, I know it doesn't sound logical, but the economics gets backwards when it's just manufacturer to consumer. Manufacturer to consumer um, does not lead, there's not a sales force behind it. There's not a massive push to units. So it causes it to not have such a high demand because then the manufacturer cannot spend so much money on ads. And overall, the more demand, the more people buying, the more it's being distributed, the more people can buy in bulk, lower the cost goes. So that's how that works. And that is why suppliers don't sell on Amazon. 
So you want to become an Amazon seller. What is the best way to get started? I get this question all the time saying, Bo, you know, how does this business model work? Like, what are the first steps? How do I find suppliers? How do I find products? Where are suppliers found? How do I build relationships with suppliers? How do I get ungated? How do I sell in restricted categories and brands? How do I utilize software? What are the rules for selling Amazon? And how can I actually scale? Now, perfect for you, I've actually put together a free four-day training they can get free access to. And all you need to do is go to onlineretailmastery.com. That's all you need to do, just right there. And just got to put in your email, make sure it's a real email because I'll send it to you directly. And you're going to get access to that four-day training where you're going to learn about that. So day one, I'm going to be covering about the business model and you know the ideal products to sell, how to research those products. Uh, day two, going over relationships with suppliers, finding suppliers, automating with software. Day three, going over about ungating, suspension prevention, managing your Amazon account. And also on the last day, we're going over about scaling and how to really get started and go to the next steps. So if you want to get all that answered for you, my four-day training put a lot of time into it. And I understand that you're going to go through this and learn a lot of massive value in regards to selling on Amazon. So go to onlineretailmastery.com, put in your information and start to watch it. It's not too long to go through. It's like 20 to 30 minutes a day. Um, some of the times it gets as high as like 40 minutes, but yeah, go to online retailmastery.com. That's O N L I N E R E T A I L M A S T E R Y.com. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode. The feedback has just been tremendous so far. I'm loving it. And I'd love it if you just took the next 30 seconds of your time to do me a quick favor. Please go ahead and leave a five-star rating and drop your number one takeaway from this episode inside whatever podcast platform that you're using. This is really just like a virtual pat on the back for me to continue to keep pumping out free content. Thank you so much and see you on the next episode.